0: This is The Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com.
1: Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa, West Alabama, Internet World. How are you doing out there? This is the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com. I am Joe Gaither. You're watching us on Facebook, on Instagram. Well, no, no. You're watching us on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, right here on YouTube, BamaCentral.com. Uh, this is the Joe Gaither show. You can follow me at Joe six. Send me a comment, question, query, and complaint. We've got a ton to get into today because, oh my gosh, it was a huge weekend. I wasn't on yesterday because it was Martin Luther King Day. I was writing some of the some of the news that was happening yesterday as it was happening. And we want to invite you to jump into the uh, the comment section on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, on uh, on YouTube at Joe six. You can send me a comment, question question, query, and complaint like my friend Everett Osmer has already done. Yay, my favorite show. I appreciate Everett uh, sending me a message and uh, supporting the show. You can do that as well on your favorite social media channel. We're going to uh, get into a lot of the rumors. We're going to get into the coaching search. We're going to re- recap the weekend uh, as I was in Brian denny Stadium with B- B- BamaCentral.com uh, seeing H- H- head coach Kellen DeVore's introductory press conference. It was a great time. It was a lot of fun to be there. It was a, a moment in time seeing Coach Saban on the front row. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the players that have gone into the transfer portal in the last three or four or five days, some of the players who have already announced their transfer destination, i.e. Isaiah Bond. Uh, we'll compare it. We'll kind of see uh, our thoughts on his decision to go to Texas. Uh, we'll talk about the assistant coaches that we or The University of Alabama have already hired or some of the ones that they have missed on. And then at the end of the show, we will talk to Austin Bidwell of MizzouCentral.com because Alabama and Missouri are playing a basketball game later on this evening. So without further ado, we hope you guys are staying warm. I hope uh, maybe you took the day off. If you didn't take the day off, if you're working from home, uh, we appreciate you watching us. And uh, let's get right into it. So Saturday was a great day. We were um, in Bryant Stadium. You read all about it on B- BamaCentral.com. Katie Wendham, Blake Byler, myself. Uh, you had Will Miller in there. You had uh, Matthew Gibson was in there, and our main man Chris Walsh was in there as well. We got to uh, hear head coach Kellen DeBoer. Uh, he kind of laid out his mission up in the uh, up in the uh, what was that the North Zone? Yeah, the North Zone. Uh, north. Uh, just make sure. Yeah, and then we uh, broke off into several different uh, into two different breakouts rooms, the recruiting room, and the media room. And Kellen DeBoer met with the media, as did Greg Byrne, detailing uh, the head coaching search over the weekend and kind of the process from Greg Byrne's angle and Kellen DeBoer from his angle jumping into, uh, you know, accepting the job. And my impressions were, you know, <clears throat> he was, he did a good job. You know, it was nice to see Coach Saban there. Greg Barron obviously spoke. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was great to see that Chris Stewart did his thing. Uh, it was, it was, it was a good time. Uh, it was, he, he did well. Uh, look, tell me your impressions of the press conference. You're welcome to do that right there in the comment section. This I wasn't joking, necessarily on Bama central. Ooh. Oh man I, I have that yeah <laughs> turn that off uh you no know, I, I, I was not necessarily overly blown away by uh by head coach Kellen Damore what he had to say. Obviously uh he spoke from the heart now uh you I've heard now recent uh leaked audio from his Time dismissing his his players at Washington, and some of the people, you know, the Washington people aren't weren't very happy with some of the (laughs) the way he did that. But that's just the way the coaching searches happen. Coaching searches happen so fast. Uh, You know, he he, Kellen DeBoer was up there on Saturday, and he said, "Oh, on Wednesday, I woke up feeling so kind of depressed that we lost the national championship." And then Greg Byrne called me, and then I, you know, Greg Byrne said, "Oh, I flew into uh, Seattle. flew He was up in Seattle, basically." the same day that Coach Saban made his announcement. So for people who were like, oh, Greg Byrne was caught off guard. No, it doesn't seem like uh, he was. It seemed like Kellen DeBoer was, if he wasn't number one choice, he was up there number one, number two choice. Uh, And so I'd like to get your impressions of basically his press conference. He talks uh, about building men academically, athletically, intellectually. I mean, he said all the right things. Uh, Was he, you know, he wasn't the sharpest stressor, you know, he didn't blow you away. He didn't blow me away from the podium, but here's the deal. He's what 104 and 12 over the course of his head coaching career. Uh, And so basically the next step is how do you build your staff? I believe that, you know, I believe that on the field, he's going to be a great X's and O's coach for the university of Alabama. Uh, Is he going to be able to hold this roster together? That's pretty basically the next huge question and how he holds the roster together is building the coaching staff, and you've read about kind of the rumors that we have a coaching tracker right there at BamaCentral.com assistant coaching tracker who's come in. Uh, Chris Lowe's been all over reporting that uh, at Chris Lowe ESPN. You can ch- check him out always. Uh, make sure you have him on alerts, or you can have at Bama Central on alerts. Uh, but you, you read, it. he's bringing in basically the entire mostly the entire offensive staff from the University of Washington, except for a running backs coach he's keeping robert gillespie alabama's running best coach he gets retained so he stays on staff he brings ryan grubb uh offensive coordinator the same guy that nick saban tried to hire last year before turning to tommy reese and uh, replacing bill o'brien uh so tommy reese unfortunately he gets uh he gets kind of left out in the wind right here uh and he's got to go find a new job so uh, no matter how good or bad of a job that you think he did this year Tommy Reese has got to go find a new job, and uh, we wish him all the best. Uh, it seems like Ty Simpson, I don't know what you make of uh, reading the tea leaves on the Twitter machine, but Ty Simpson put out a tweet Two days ago, yesterday, of him and Tommy Reese standing arm in arm. Uh, it didn't really have a caption. So maybe he that just means he's going to stay at the university. Maybe so. Or maybe it means that he's going to follow Tommy Reese wherever he goes because the picture was just the two of them. We'll see what happens uh, with Ty Simpson in the coming days ahead. Uh, but yeah, you basically got the neck the big job for, for, for Kalen DeBoer is to retain the roster. Uh, and how he does this is he brings in. Great, I think a great offensive staff You look at the, the numbers, the way that Washington has attacked the Pac-12 Over the last two years And you look at his time in Indiana uh, Basically he has uh, developed a vertical passing game where he is, uh, you know, the, w- w- he's combined it this pa- this past, the past two seasons with a little bit of with a physical running game as well. Uh, and he brings Scott Huff, offensive line coach. Uh, so you're going to have a brand new offensive line coach. Sorry, Eric Wolford. He's going to be, you know, looking for a new job. Uh, Scott Huff comes in from Washington. Scott Huff's been at Washington since 2017, and you know they, you know, despite their up ups and downs. With Chris Peterson, they were, you know, a physical team. And then they took a little dip and before Caitlin DeBoer got there before and then they got, got some of that physicality right back. Uh, so Scott Huff, I think, you know, might be a guy that Alabama fans really, really enjoy uh, revamping the Alabama offensive line. I know uh, there was a lot of talk last offseason uh, about the Alabama offensive line kind of reestablishing that Bama factor and that – didn't necessarily happen uh it made i guess i guess it did throughout several points of the, se- of the season but uh against texas and then against michigan kind of in some of the bigger points of the year uh they didn't win the one the line of scrimmage so uh oh it's going to be important for scott huff to do uh to, to come back to come in and coach this alabama offensive line Uh, So you you keep Robert Gillespie for for the running backs coach. You got Freddie Roach. Uh, You keep him uh, along your defensive line. So you got two on-the-field coaches – are holding over from the Nick Saban staff to, onto the Kellan DeBoer staff. So you, you like to see a little bit of continuity there. Uh, maybe that quells some of the notion that Kellen DeBoer is not going to be able to, you know, oh, he's not from the South. He's not going to be able to recruit the South. Oh, this, that, and the other. Uh, it seems like he's doing a pretty good job building a staff where he's mixing uh, some of the holdovers from, from uh, some of the best parts of Nick Saban's staff, uh, and maybe, maybe maybe trying to work together uh, to build his vision, uh, integrating. You know, y- you just have to see. Uh, there's always going to be some detractors when when uh, there was always going to be some detractors when Coach Saban uh, announced his retirement. You know, with whoever was going to take over, and you're just going to have to wait and see how. The new staff kind of takes over. It uh, depends on kind of the, the rest these, these next probably 20, 25 days how the roster holds together. Uh, so that's kind of like who we know so far is coming into uh, in, 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 coming into Tuscaloosa. So, so he's got what, like five more? He, oh, oh, no. Uh, and we want to get in, into, obviously, Kane Walmack as well, the uh, the defensive coordinator, uh, the new defensive coordinator. We'll get into him in just a little bit. Uh, so you, you've got what, Well uh, one – Two, three, four, five, six, seven offense, seven on-field coaches. You got three more position coaches to fill. Maybe uh, you got uh, secondary uh, linebackers. Uh, well, Walmart's probably going to co- uh, co- coach kind of in between there, um, <clears throat> and then you're probably going to have a, a, obviously a special teams coach. So you got ob- you got your ten on-field coaches. You got three more pos- position coaches for him to, to fill. Um, I think he's doing a pretty good job, is is basically what I I want to get into. Uh, He was announced on Saturday. This is a Tuesday. People were kind of complaining on Sunday. Oh, my gosh, where's the staff? Where's the staff? And I was kind of hearing things, obviously, that uh, the staff was coming together. Like, you got to give this man some time to talk to some people, to make some plans, to talk to the previous staff. Uh, We are what? Like, This is Tuesday at 3 (laughs) p.m. You're sitting here. He he was introduced on Saturday at at 1. He had to go through all the hoopla of, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies, and handling the media uh, pretty much. Probably to about four, and then he got going. He had a meeting last night, basically introducing the team to uh, Kane Womack at 6 30. Like he is kicking it, he's hit the ground running, give the man some time. Uh, I think you know, uh, the panic that you some of the people, uh, some some of the online panic that I've seen over the last you know, six, seven hours. Uh, six, seven, 12 hours is not necessarily, uh, it's not necessarily appropriate now that he, he's landed on Kane Womack to, uh, land his defensive coordinator. And these two, these two guys go back to their days in Indiana. What 2019, they were offensive and defensive coordinator leading the Indiana Hoosiers to an eight and five season. So it's going to be a okay in Tuscaloosa. These guys are good football coaches. Greg Byrne, trust him. He's got a good track record uh, of hiring coaches so far. Obviously, you, it's a whole different ball game hiring a football coach than hiring a baseball coach and hiring a basketball coach. And you, 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 you know, you know, you like what you've seen out of Nate Oates. You don't really know Rob Bond so far, but you, he's got a good track record. Look, Greg Byrne. Nick Saban, that are walking you know, they, they kind of handled this, I think, as best they could. You know, Nick Saban didn't want to attract, do the whole media tour of, oh, I'm going to be leaving next year and do the whole one year media, you know, hoopla. I, I, I think that as an academic uh, and as an athletic organization, I think that this is is going pretty well from an Alabama perspective. Now, your biggest issue is retaining the talent. And everybody wants to talk about, oh, what's going to happen with Caleb Downs? What's going to happen with Caleb Downs? Uh, Caleb Downs is kind of, I think, in a 50-50 position on if he's going to leave Alabama or not. I don't know that. Uh, I heard or I've heard rumors that last night's team meeting where they introduced Kane Womack, uh, some of the team leaders – you know, maybe pleaded with uh, Caleb Downs or uh, maybe not pleaded with him, but encouraged him to stay with the Crimson Tide. And we'll see if that had a, a positive effect on him or not. You, you never know what's going to happen with these guys, uh, especially when there's, what, 20, you know, you're, you're coming up on a week since Nick Saban has retired. Uh, when Nick Saban announced his retirement on, on Wednesday, they get 30 days to go into the portal, what, tomorrow is going to be wednesday that's uh, 30 minus uh, you're going to be looking at like another 3 weeks of this uh, 23 24 more days of uh, people tampering with, with your talents and Kellen DeBoer going to have to do his best job keeping this talent and, and the roster together uh, one of the aspects of Caleb Downs is uh you know decision it was Terrence Robinson Terrence Robinson uh re- Reportedly from Chris Lowe at ESPN uh, interviewed with Kalen DeBoer on Sunday and Kalen DeBoer offered in the defensive coordinator position. Reportedly, uh, you don't know, you know, obviously that did not work out. Traverse Robinson is saying with the university of georgia as co-defensive coordinator with glenn schumann i think the relationship with uh i think the relationship with will Muschamp at georgia uh will Muschamp is moving in kind of into kind of an all-field advisory role at the uh, on staff at, at georgia uh helping kirby smart out i think that kind of encouraged i think that what's up what's up Cj watson thank you so much for joining us today uh but uh, i i think the the uh the decision to to stay in Athens is more about working again with uh, with Will Muschamp at Georgia rather than uh, kind of taking a chance with, with guys he didn't know here uh, and his staff that he didn't know. Uh, so that does affect the defensive back room. You're seeing a lot of defensive backs go into the transfer portal already. Uh, we've, you, you look at the coming and going for uh, on BamaCentral.com, you've got 24 guys have gone into the uh, transfer portal. A lot of them obviously went into the transfer portal before the Nick Saban announcement. But since the Nick Saban announcement, uh, you, you've seen Des Ricks go into the uh, transfer portal. You've seen Amari Nyblack go into the transfer portal. You've seen Sean Murphy go into the transfer portal. Uh, you keep on going. You saw you saw. Let's see, Antonio Kite. Yep, went into the transfer portal. That's four. Uh, Isaiah Bond. And, uh, Trey Amos today is sick. It 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 makes five and six, uh, Six guys have gone into the transfer portal since uh, the Nick Saban's retirement announcement, and a lot of them being in the defensive back room. And you think, oh my gosh, you know who's going to play defensive back? You still got Demonte Jackson. You still got a lot of guys. You look at the incoming trans, the incoming 2024 class, Jalen Mbakwe, Pretty much everybody that's in the 2024 class have said that they are going to stay. So far, uh, you, you now. You, you've still got a lot of things that, that are up in the air. You, 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 anything can change on a whim, but I think Alabama, you know, when this is all said and done, is going to shake out in a positive light. Uh, you've got a you've got a cornerback from Washington. You're gonna you're gonna see. I think maybe three, four, five guys, three, four, five guys that went to the national championship game uh, from the Washington Huskies end up in a crimson tied uniform uh, before it's all said and done. So I don't want anyone to kind of, uh, you know, freak out from an Alabama perspective. I think you're going to, you're seeing a lot of uh, maybe opposite fan bases, maybe be using the opportunity, the Nick Saban retirement to poke fun at Alabama and yeah Alabama of course is vulnerable right now anytime that you lose a legend you're vulnerable Uh, but if you hire the right coach and we'll see Greg Byrne basically your legacy depends on it Yeah, if you hire the right coach then it's going to work out just fine for Alabama because of the infrastructure that Nick Saban leaves behind Uh, I I think basically if you're a quality coach if you know what you're doing you're going to be able to uh, make relationships there's no way that you got to this level uh without w- without it uh and you know alabama is a destination jobs and, uh, people people i guess have complained on kellen DeBoer that oh he's a job hopper but uh wouldn't you go from naia sioux falls to indiana to uh to uh Fort fresno state all the way to washington to alabama of course you would uh, if you're proving yourself uh, at that greater rate, uh, I think that uh, Alabama has a destination job, and uh, Kellen DeBoer spoke very, very highly about the job on Saturday, and we'll see if he can uh, follow in the footsteps of uh, the great Nick Saban. Uh, it seems like he's hiring a pretty good staff. We'll get into Kane Wolmack. Uh, A little bit further down the line, probably tomorrow's episode after I'm able to uh, study him a good bit. uh, One thing, he's uh, the son of a coach. He's the – Excuse me. His father was the defensive coordinator for Hugh Freeze uh, for the last, like, what? Uh, his, during his tenure at Ole Miss uh, from 2012 to 2017. Uh, so, so he runs a 4-2-5, which is uh, very similar to a lot of schemes that you've already seen Alabama run over the last handful of years. Uh, but it's going to be more attacking style, uh, and I think you're. I, th- I think it's really going to encourage uh, and take advantage of the athleticism. Uh, at the University of Alabama. It's going to be a lot of fun to kind of get to know what his schemes are and where his blitzes are coming from and kind of what, what what he wants to run in certain certain situations from a defensive standpoint. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have all offseason to, uh, to break that down. Uh, but I want to get into Isaiah Bond real quick before I turn it over to, uh, to, to our friend uh, to, and talk about the Missouri basketball game. I want to get into Isaiah Bond. Isaiah Bond went to Texas. Yeah, that, that happened. What on Sunday, Sun, Sunday, Sunday, uh, when we were at church right in between the services, uh, Isaiah Bond announced that he was going, going to Texas uh, and people could see that a mile away. Uh, and you got a lot of people complaining about, oh, my gosh, how can you do this? Transfer portal, blah, blah, blah. It's so bad. Uh, you can't blame Isaiah Bond. You can't blame Isaiah Bond for jumping in the transfer portal, uh, but I don't think you, you should be complaining about <clears throat> Isaiah Bond either. From two standpoints: one, because Isaiah Bond, you know, was he a great receiver? Uh, I don't really think that he qualifies as a great receiver. Obviously, he has the fourth and thirty-one catch uh, that saved your li- that saved your life against uh, Auburn and saved your season and kept you in the uh, college football champ- uh, college football playoff picture. Uh, and, obviously, and, and Daniel Moore, you know, my, my first thought was, oh, poor Daniel Moore, <laughs> your, your big artistry picture, your, your, your big painting is, uh, you know, uh going to make a lot of people, you know, it's going to not, not sell as well. I, I would expect, uh, was maybe not, but I would expect it's not going to sell as well. Uh, but, but Isaiah Barnes goes in the transfer portal, uh, and he goes to Texas and allegedly, if you listen to you know certain radio programs, he's got himself a major raise. Allegedly he was making about a hundred thousand dollars here at the University of Alabama and Texas is offering him four, five six hundred thousand dollars to come play over in Austin. and you saw the Instagram photos uh, or you saw the Instagram stories from the Lamborghini the Lamborghini, uh, the Lamborghini shop in Austin. And, you know, dude, if you're offering me a Lamborghini, I'm probably going to end up going. Uh, And that's, you know, you you just got to ask yourself uh, if you're going to get that big of a raise. I think the... (laughs) I I I think that's way too hard to ignore. But from an Alabama's perspective, from an on-field perspective, are you really losing a whole lot? Isaiah Bond and your forty-eight receptions, six hundred and sixty-eight yards, and four touchdowns. Sure, you led the you led the twenty twenty-three team in receptions. Uh, what was he second in yards to uh, to Jermaine Burton and second in touchdowns to Burton. But you had the fourth and thirty-one. You had the touchdown catch, all the the deep shot down the middle against Tennessee to, to uh, really spark the comeback great you know good memories but were you a special wide receiver people could say oh well it's because he played with Jalen Milrow oh Jalen Milrow you know you can knock Jalen Milrow's passing ability if you want to but his deep deep shots uh and his deep field passing ability uh his efficiency was pretty daggum strong uh here's what I want to like look with deficient or people, you know, with, with with previous quarterbacks, with previous Alabama quarterbacks uh, let's look with previous Alabama quarterbacks that had kind of passing deficiencies, like say freshman Jalen hurts, you know, you know, uh, people complain about Jalen hurts, not being able to read the field Uh, or maybe 2014 Blake Sims, Blake Sims uh, with, with Lane Kiffin, obviously he, he, he schemed a lot of things open for Blake Sims, but Blake Sims wasn't the greatest passer in the world. He didn't make it as an NFL quarterback, he made it as you know a semi-pro quarterback and, and did very very well. Uh, but look, Blake Sims. In 2014, he had Amari Cooper. How many receptions did Amari Cooper have? 124 receptions, 1700 yards, and 16 touchdowns. Oh, uh, obviously So Isaiah Bond, come on, you're not even in that stratosphere. Uh, now, of course, you're comparing a little bit of Tommy Reese to Lane Kiffin there, but you're you've got to kind of weigh that in there. But Isaiah Bond, you're is, you're not losing I, uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, let's say it's freshman Jalen Hurts. Uh, he came in there. Uh, it was a quarterback battle, and you kind of struggled to throw the football a little bit in 2016. But he was SEC freshman of the year. He wasn't too bad. Freshman Jalen Hurts, he had Calvin Ridley, and Calvin Ridley put up 72 catches. That's more than your 48, Isaiah Bond, uh, for 769 yards. Uh, that's a little more, and seven touchdowns. Look, Isaiah Bond is a good receiver, and he's going to be, you know, an okay. He's going to be a good player in Texas. Uh, now he's going to have to play SEC defenses and he's going to have point viewers and they're going to spread the ball around but is Isaiah Bond somebody to, to like really fret over no you let him go to Austin you you know you, you don't cry about the transfer portal oh no you, this transfer portal is so bad look the people if the the Texas oil people want, want to buy Isaiah Bond that bad you let them uh now Isaiah Bond, he said, oh, this was a 100% of business decision, 100% because Nick Saban retired. Uh, I don't think it was. Nick Saban, uh, you know, Nick Saban wasn't retiring after uh, 4th and 31 Gravedigger when you were going to the Alabama Collective looking for a raise and you got one. Uh, I think that uh, <laughs> there's a little bit of a... <laughs> I think that there's uh, a little bit of uh, Isaiah Bond was always kind of looking to see if he was going to transfer out of Alabama and see if he was going to make it, you know, make a business decision all along. Uh, and so Isaiah Bond taking advantage of the moment and you can't hate on it. I, I have no issue with it. I wish you well in Austin. I think that uh, I think that Steve Sarkeesian is going to use you uh, very, very well. Uh, but I don't think that the Alabama fan base and I don't think the Alabama contingent is going to miss you from an offensive perspective because I think you've got a lot of young and up and coming wide receivers uh, and you've got a great chance, it seems like, to retain Ryan Williams back into this 2024 class. Look, Bond is Obviously, you got to be. You're thankful for the fourth and thirty-one, my man T.J. Watson. I feel like Bond missed on some amazing grave digger uh, nil potential by transferring. Absolutely, like you're going to go to Texas, and it's going to be short term money. Uh, and maybe you make it in the NFL. You might. You absolutely might. Uh, and I hope that you do for your own sake. But you better. You're. You, are you going to make a memory against Oklahoma for Texas that uh, that dramatic? I, I I highly doubt it. You you basically submitted yourself as an Alabama legend. You could have. Look, we don't wish in a, in a, any injury. But like, let's say that you stayed at Alabama and you had an injury, or you stayed at Alabama or something. You know, tragic. You know, hopefully not. Absolutely, hopefully not. But that grave vigor moment, if you'd have stayed at Alabama, got your degree, like that could have carried you the rest of your life, uh, and and maybe you make it. At Texas. Absolutely, you absolutely might. Uh, but uh, the last two players that went to Texas, the last two wide receivers, actually, really, the last. Uh, I guess you had to, you got to count Keelan Robinson as well. Keelan Robinson having had a decent year, special teams wise, this past season. Uh, but Ajayi Hall. Jaleel Billingsley, you know, you, you you haven't seen a whole lot of success from players going from Alabama to Texas, uh, in, in recent memory. Not that you know we don't wish you well. We absolutely wish you well, Isaiah Bond. Uh, but you could have been a legend here at Alabama, uh, in Alabama for the rest of your life, and so you give up on that uh, by jumping in the transfer portal. And you absolutely we we, we wish you well. But I, I want to. Uh, encourage the Alabama fan base to you know let him go freely because I think that you have greater production coming up behind him uh, in this Alabama wide receiver room going going forward as I think you have uh, with the defensive backs as well you see a lot of defensive backs and hopefully you can get some of them back uh, I'd like for you to get Antonio kite back back from uh, back from the transfer portal Uh. It, 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 you, we'll see if you can do that Kellen DeBoer uh, and we'll see if you can get the, uh, the what is it uh manual from uh, from 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 Washington as well uh your your cornerback that you that you have from Washington that's jumped in the transfer portal. Uh, we'll see if we can get him as well. So, look, give Kellen DeBoer a little bit of time. Give him a little more more time to settle his staff. He's barely been here a week. Plan to uh, jump to uh, plan, plan to be at the Alabama Auburn basketball game because he's going to be introduced there to the public. That's going to be the next place that you can see him. You can cheer him. Give him some more time to kind of call the, the staff and settle this up. Oh, that's the other the last thing on the Isaiah Bond thing. Uh, look, Kellen DeBoer apparently reached out to him, and Isaiah Bond didn't return his call. Uh, look, we do wish you well, Isaiah Bond, but goodness. Uh, is there any, uh, there's no bad blood here. There's no reason for you not to return a call for you to say, hey, Coach DeBoer, you know, uh, I really like Steve Tarkeesian's offense. They're offering me a huge raise. You can't match it. You know, I understand finances are finances. Uh, you, Maybe I'm going to be on a better offense with Quinn Ewers. You can debate that if you want to. <laughs> uh Just return the call and say, hey, man, we're all tied, and we're going we're gonna to see you. Hopefully we'll see you in the SEC championship game. Hook them. Uh, get to get, get you know, no, no big deal there, right? Uh, wh- that, that's a little, in, in my opinion, uh, not so hot from Isaiah Bonds, pers- for, for, from my perspective on Isaiah Bonds transfer. Come on, return the phone call from the program that you're transferring out of, even if you're not interested in uh, in coming back to Alabama. That's A-OK. okay uh, so look. Uh, C.J. Watson says, "Yep, Gravedigger. If he finishes at Bama, is legacy kind of stuff. But now he won't have that love and legacy as a Bama as a Bama guy. It looks different than the Jalen transfer because it is Bond was set to be wide receiver one, and then some disrespect on the way out just rubs the fan base the wrong way. Yeah, C.J. Watson. I think that's exactly it. And like, he could have been a hero here, and you might he might go to Austin and become a hero there. But how do you top?" fourth and 31 moment in Texas. Like you're going to have to like do some superstar type stuff uh, in the red river rivalry and take your team to the playoff and, you know, might be a first round traffic and that might happen. It might happen. Oh, uh, but <laughs> uh, you, and it's going to be a hard, hard moment for him to top. Uh, o- over in Texas, and we wish him very well with that. Uh, so we'll see who Kellen DeBoer re- gets uh, for the rest of his staff. It seems like uh, he's getting a lot of his support staff in place. Ellis Ponder has kind of indicated that he is staying in Tuscaloosa. Uh, you know, Ellis Ponder was very is very very instrumental to Coach Nick Saban's staff uh, as kind of a business guy, as kind of kind of an operations type guy, operations manager, um, and he does a great job, or he did. Did a great job with Coach Saban, and I think that that's a great move for Kellen DeBoer to keep him around on the staff. Jeff Fallon indicated on Twitter that he's going to stay around. The head athletic trainer, obviously, Jeff Fallon from 2007 has been in Tuscaloosa. He's the last Or the first original member, the last original member from the 2007 staff, uh, right here that's still with it with Alabama, and so Jeff Allen, I think retaining him is a great, 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 great move. You've seen him uh, deal with a billion and a half, you know, you've seen him deal, deal with all kinds of injuries uh, throughout time, throughout the last 17 years uh, <laughs> and do a great job of rehabbing uh, the Alabama football player and, you know, a, a lot of other uh, athletes as well. And David Ballou is staying. Uh, so you see a lot of connections from this Indiana staff in 2019 uh, with Kane Walmack, with David Ballou, with Kalen DeBoer. You're seeing a lot, of, a, a lot of connections from that Indiana staff that's led the Hoosiers 8 and 5 uh and so we'll see if they can put it all together here in Tuscaloosa with better resources with the deeper pockets with uh you know a little bit more with a little more oomph here in Tuscaloosa so uh I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on Kalen DeBoer your thoughts on on the coaching staff you can reach me at through 6 on all the social media machines on Facebook on Twitter on uh really wherever you want it to on social medias. You can find me on uh, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and on Amazon, the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. I'm going to turn it over to my friend Austin Bidwell and myself. We had a conversation earlier about this Alabama and Missouri basketball game tonight. Uh, we're going to find out Alabama 14, 14 half point favorite. Can the Crimson Tide move to 4-0 in SEC play? It's going to be very, very interesting. You're going to have a game. Uh, it's at 6 o'clock uh, right here in Coleman Coliseum, and they've just changed a lot of the seating policy. If you've got a ticket, you're going to be able to move as close to the floor uh, as you want to at the under-16 timeout. Uh, so go sit there and then move down close to the floor, affect the ball game, help the Crimson Tide get to 4-0. and uh, I'll be there right there for BamaCentral.com. We'll have a lot of friends in there. Covering it, Katie Wyndham, Blake Byler, Matthew Gibson, and Will Miller. Myself, uh, will be in there for Mizzou Central as well. So Austin Bidwell and I had a conversation. Look, Missouri's zero three, so they're gonna they're looking for a huge they're looking for a win. They lo- they lost to South Carolina by like two points uh, a couple days ago a couple days ago. So they are looking for a big win. This is my friend Austin Bidwell and I's conversation earlier uh, about tonight's basketball game. All right. Welcome back into the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central, bamacentral.com. We've had a lot of fun already today talking about all the coaching changes. Kane Womack coming into the University of Alabama as defensive coordinator. Who's coming? Who's going? But there are some Alabama athletics tonight. And it's going to be a a huge night. I know everybody's freezing their butts off all across the uh, country. So I appreciate everybody who's tuned into us today. And hopefully we will have the basketball tonight in Coleman Coliseum. Uh, And to uh, talk about it, we're going to go out to our friends with Mizzou Central. We're going to hang out with Austin Bidwell of MizzouCentral.com. You can find him at Austin from KC on the Twitter machine. Austin, what's good, man? Are you uh, staying warm in the Midwest?
0: Yeah, I'm sure you guys don't get any uh negative 30 degree wind chill days down there in Tuscaloosa. So we're doing our best to stay warm up here. I think it's about negative 15 right now. wind Windchill. Uh, <laughs> classes start today. You know, full swing. So we're getting into it.
1: Are you braving the braving the uh, the weather to get to class? You being a good man.
0: I got about a 25-minute walk in this weather, so we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah. uh, I need you to toughen up my my dog because she looked at me like, uh, Dad, what the hell, when she saw ice on the ground today. And really, I mean, honestly, it could, doesn't even compare to what you guys are dealing with. Uh, it, it's, it's a brisk, what, like 15, 20-degree day here in Tuscaloosa, and we're freaking out. <laughs> uh, so we we need to get some of that Midwestern toughness down here yeah. in the South.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll show you guys some midwestern toughness tonight.
1: That's a good a good uh, good transition right there. Missouri, coming into Tuscaloosa. 0 3 in the uh in the early part of the SEC season uh had some really tough breaks, losing to South Carolina by 2. We know what it was like playing South Carolina uh what, 2 uh, last Saturday. Uh no less Tuesday, uh, we, we welcome them. Yeah, we could, we could go today. We welcome them into Coleman Coliseum. The boys went to Mississippi State on Saturday. So Alabama 3 0, Missouri 0 3. But, uh, is that really indicative of what the Missouri Tigers have been on the hard court, uh, re- really this basketball season?
0: Unfortunately, I think that it is. I think that the Tigers, you know, we knew from the game of the season that this might not be the team that we saw last year that made the, you know, March Madness run that even won a game in March Madness. You know, it, it's very obvious that maybe the talent isn't there that they had last year. I mean, it's hard to replace guys like Kobe Brown. Um, and, you know, when you're, you're sending guys to the league, Des Moines Hodge, it's hard to put that talent back on the team. And, you know, I don't think that there's been any trust lost in Dennis Gates. I think that it's, I mean, it's clear that he's not standing coach. Um, but if the Tigers can't turn around this year, it's seeming like it's just a transitional year into the future of Missouri basketball with the recruiting classes coming in next year.
1: Okay, well, how does this uh, early part of the SEC season compare to last year, Dennis Gates' first year? Because didn't Dennis Gates have kind of a slow start to the, seed, to the SEC season last year, but basically it was a build. And Missouri, by the end of the year, was a team that nobody wanted to see.
0: Yeah, I mean... Uh, of course, since Gates really didn't. I mean, he didn't start perfect in the SEC last year, but you look at some of the wins that they picked up later in the season. Um, one that really stands out to me was the one against Tennessee um, with the game winning shot uh, as the s- clock expired. You know, that was really big momentum win for the program um, and kind of going forward. I think that that's not something that's completely out of the picture yet. Um, In terms of turning around an SEC play, I think that you start tonight, even if you maybe don't pick up a win against Alabama, if you can play a team like that strong, I think that's very indicative of what the program can be. Um, So really going forward in the next three games of Bama, Florida, Texas A&M, if you can't pull two games out of, you know, out of those three as hard as it's going to be, it's really hard to see a team like this flipping their future around any other way.
1: We're talking to Austin Bidwell at MissouriCentral.com. Go follow him at Austin from KC on the Twitter machine. We're talking about Missouri's 0-3 start in the SEC season. All right, so the only common opponent between the two teams was is South Carolina. Obviously, Missouri lost by two. Alabama probably had its best defensive day last week against South Carolina, beating them by nearly 30. Uh, so like things are ticking up. For Alabama, yesterday in the press conference, Coach Nadeauch was a complimentary. Obviously, he usually is before before a game of Missouri. Uh, talking about Connor Vanover and talking about some of the some of the better players for Missouri. What's the style we're going to see tonight? Because everybody uh, uh, that listens to our show knows Alabama style is, uh, you know, three and D, you know, we're getting up and down the floor. We're going to try to play fast and play hard defense. What's going to be really, what, what has Missouri played like this season?
0: Yeah. And it, it's really funny. You asked that because if you go back, um, I believe I wrote a takeaways game or takeaways piece in one of the recent games from zoo central. And one of the main points is that they don't have an identity. they, come into every game kind of just doing what works for that game. Um, you mentioned Connor Vanover, who I think has struggled pretty immensely this season, unfortunately, and everyone was so hyped for him, you know, only averaging 12 minutes a game, four and a half points. And it, it's just hard to really find any success when a team like this doesn't have, one, a number one guy, because Shawnee's just phenomenal, but he has shown that, you know, he doesn't necessarily – isn't that number one guy. And we saw that at the end of – um Excuse me. We especially saw that at the end of the recent game against um, Georgia because Missouri was going up and they had a chance to win that game in the end, and it all fell apart because everyone started to take shots like they were the guy. And you can't have five guys on a court at the same time in crunch time. Um, so realistically, I I haven't seen an identity from Zoo basketball last year was throw up the three, hit it efficiently, and you know create good offense and they're not good at shooting threes this year. So it's really hard to create an identity around something that you're just simply not good at.
1: All right. So tonight it'll be uh, Alabama and Missouri on Tuesday night. It'll be six o'clock on sec network. You're going to be able to follow it on mamacentral.com and on mizzoucentral.com as well for both sides of the, of the angle. ESPN's matchup predictor has it pretty brief for Missouri. 95% chance a win for Alabama. What going to be a successful night for Missouri? Is it uh, so? Is it so black and white that its wins are lost, or is it, a, it or can Missouri maybe uh, may, maybe take a win away, a moral victory? Are there moral victories in SEC basketball? I don't think so, but I'll throw it to you. Is there a way? What's a win for Missouri tonight? Is it is it just on the scoreboard, or is there a way that okay, Missouri took a step forward against Alabama?
0: Yeah, so I've actually had the privilege of watching a good amount of Alabama basketball over the last two years. Um, it's a phenomenal team, especially last year. I got to see them play Missouri live in uh, Mizzou Arena. Brandon Miller had a phenomenal game. Um, and I think that a really big key to this is when you play a team so good and you play players like um, Mark Sears, you play players um, and a team that can defend so well with a coach like Nato, who I think is maybe a top five coach in college basketball right now, you just you, if you're a Mizzou fan expecting to win this game, I urge you to temper your expectations for this one. Um, we're playing maybe the best – or Mizzou is playing maybe the, one of the best teams in the SEC, if not the best team in the SEC right there with Kentucky. Um, so we, you really don't have moral victor, victories in SEC basketball, but if you keep it close with a team like Alabama, I think that shows that you really can do something with the, in this SEC season against teams – Um, that maybe aren't as good as Alabama in the SEC. You can't expect to be the top dogs every time, but if you can hang with them, that shows that you belong. So if they can show that they belong, it's a rare, maybe, moral victory in the SEC. All
1: right. Uh, A couple more things with Austin Bidwell, MissouriCentral.com. Dennis Gates, obviously, he's in year number two. Very impressive to me last year for the way he kind of like grabbed the reins of Missouri and kind of got things – Shoot, not a team that, like I said earlier, nobody, nobody really wanted to play them by the end of the year. Uh, how has the non-conference play and the early part of like the good feelings around Dennis Gates that he built from year one? They're not, they're not worn off. Where are there Everybody still, you know, on the Dennis Gates train, and and you know, maybe weathering this storm with him, correct? Or maybe if I'm wrong.
0: I will say that that's absolutely at least where I'm at with Dennis Gates, um, and I think that I. You know speak for a decent part of the student population probably a very vast majority of this is that nobody's giving up on Dennis Gates this year i think that he could have a horrible year and i don't think he would be given up on because i think that he earned that after taking a team last year that wasn't expected to do anything and taking them to the second round of march madness now obviously regardless of there's going to be naysayers there's going to be people on campus who you know talking about us losing he needs to go and you look at the recruiting class for next year and it's just it's absurd to think that a team that really never had pull like this in basketball is pulling in a top five recruiting class in the country um i think it might still be top three at this point for next year so it's it's really hard to say that you would move on from dennis gates regardless of what happens in this in this year especially with how great he's been previously
1: all right, so this recruiting class is, uh, North. according to 20, 24 7 Sports, is currently ranked number four in the country. You got uh, Anna Boatang, a uh, four star recruit out of Arkansas, Peyton Marshall, Marcus Allen, T.O. Barrett, and Trent Burns. So a pretty full class, uh, nice size, seven foot three, seven foot, six foot six, six foot six. Uh, who, which guy, are you, who are you most excited to get onto, uh, onto campus in Columbia?
0: oh man how are you not excited to get all of those guys into columbia but i mean when you when you just think about the physicals that Boatane possesses and oh my it's hard just to not imagine what he could do um you know not only in an offense that has been struggling but also on a team that's really lacked any depth from you know their bigger guys so i think that it would be absolutely phenomenal to get him on and i think that this recruiting class is kind of where um everyone's going to measure dennis gates because you're bringing in the number four recruiting class in the country at this point um so i think that's really going to determine misery basketball over the last few years so all those guys are great boatang really is sticking out to me we'll see we'll see
1: all right, Austin. Your handle is Austin from KC. So I will have to. Be, uh, I gotta ask you, what the heck? Uh, are you a big Chiefs fan? And what was your reaction to the playoff game? Just the weather. Like uh, the weather's is fascinating to me. I'm never really like, oh, I'm worried about the weather. But when it gets like this, it's yeah. fascinating. It's awesome. Well, what did you make in the Chiefs game? Uh, and, and kind of just playing in that weather.
0: Funny enough, I'm not a Chiefs fan. I actually uh, grew up a Saints fan. My dad was a Saints. Who fan. The heck? So yeah, yeah, I uh grew up Saints fan, unfortunately. I wish I was a Chiefs fan. That'd be nice right now. Um yeah, no, it's it's crazy when you look at places like KC or Buffalo or all these places, you know, you're seeing videos of these water bottles freezing over instantly. And I I actually was back in KC this weekend, um, went back home this weekend. So I I got to experience some of those minus thirty temperatures, uh, wind chill and no, not fun at all, man. It's it's uh, break your car down weather, so.
1: Oh yeah, I was uh, I was asking a friend who lives in Chicago. You know, I said he. he I said he's a big time Tennessee Vols fan. I said, man, if Tennessee were playing a playoff game, uh, a college football playoff game in in Chicago Soldier Field this weekend, would you be out there like those fans? And he said, oh, I'd bundle up. I'd be out. I said, you. No. <laughs> Insane. Oh you're you're nuts. Yeah, they uh
0: it got to a point where you could get Chiefs playoff tickets for thirty (laughs) dollars. So I was yeah, not even Chiefs fan. I was thinking about bundling up, but now I realize it was
1: too cold for me. Well, let me ask you, uh, let's get a different perspective. We've talked a lot on the program about Nick Saban's retirement and about Kalen DeBoer's hire. Obviously, you don't cover Alabama, but it's a huge national story. What's been the Missouri perspective or your personal perspective on Nick Saban's retirement and kind of how things are going here in Tuscaloosa hiring Kalen DeBoer? You don't have to break down Kalen DeBoer, but just kind of like, uh, what's the feel on, oh, ding-dong, the king is dead and Alabama is in transition? Uh yeah, I mean f- for me it's
0: it's really in- so before Mizzou I was actually a Bama fan my whole life. My family is all from Alabama. Oh, um, dad! So Nick Saban has been just one of my I, I. How do you not you know make Nick Saban one of your icons? That's the guy, the coach in college football. Um, and I think that him stepping down was weirdly at a great time for Alabama's program because. The hire that the AD went out and made, I think, was phenomenal. Um, I I think that if the players buy in, if the team buys in, if the fans can buy in for just long enough to give DeVore a chance, it's, I think that he is going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I, I really don't think Bama loses a step because regardless of whether Nick Saban retires or not, he's going to be a part of Alabama football, whether anybody likes it or not.
1: Oh, absolutely, and we're excited to kind of see what he does in his, uh, I guess, coach emeritus role or post-coaching role in in, uh, in, in his office in Bryant D Stadium. Uh, I've got. A little bit of friends who say, a uh, little bit of people who say he's left Tuscaloosa for a month. He's going to hang out in Jupiter, Florida, to <laughs> let Coach DeBoer get uh, get, uh, get 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 going right here in Tuscaloosa. Let's do one more top or one more comment from you, from Austin, Bidwell, flipping it back to Missouri. And everybody knows we're doing football. He's kind of the king. Eli Drinkwitz, great season, won the Cotton Bowl. You're working the transfer portal. You lost defensive coordinator to LSU. Okay, that's part of being an elite pro program how in your perspective or what are the biggest parts of uh the Missouri offseason football wise for for Eli Drinkwitz as he wants to capitalize on on a great season.
0: Yeah, I I mean when you look at the things that he's done to capitalize on a great season, um Missouri's transfer ranks right now are phenomenal. They're pulling in transfers left and right. Caden Green from Oklahoma, five-star. Um they pulled in um defensive end from Michigan State, um blanking on the name right now. I'm sorry about that. That's but good. uh He, you know, he's brought in so many good transfers off of a winning season because, you know, players see that winning culture. They see the STP something to prove. They see the brotherhood that he talks about. And it's hard to not want to be a part of a brotherhood that's going out there and proving every game that they're just as good as everyone else, that they can beat anyone else in the country. And he's he's shown that in the recruiting ranks by pulling Williams Noiria, who is a top three recruit in the country next year, um, And just, you know, finding the ability to recruit well and recruit extremely well inside of Missouri and St. Louis and Kansas City, backing off of a winning season and the success of the hometown guy in Luther Burden. Um, He's piggybacked that onto a great not only transfer portal class, but recruiting class as a whole. That set the team up perfectly to head into next year, Um, already returning a mass amount of starters on offense and a good amount of starters on defense.
1: Well, it's an exciting time to be a Missouri fan. You guys need to be watching it and and, and reading it on MizzouCentral.com. Our our friends at Mizzou Central doing everything that we're doing at Bama Central just from a Missouri angle. We appreciate partnering up with them. Make sure you follow Austin Bidwell at Austin from KC as they're going to be breaking down the Alabama-Missouri basketball game tonight on SEC Network. It's going to be 6 p.m. Coleman Coliseum. We're going to have a lot of fun covering it. Both sides of the ball, both sides of the uh, uh, the floor tonight it's gonna to be a lot of fun Austin appreciate your time man uh stay warm what's what's your biggest like okay cultural differences regional differences and negative 30 degrees obviously the <laughs> uh, the, the, the duh answer is don't go outside but what do you do to, to stay warm what do you like you said oh I got a 25 minute cl- walk to class what's the move to you know survive the walk to class
0: <laughs> yeah um I'll let you know when I figure that one out. Uh, for, the first, for the first time in my, you know, eighteen years of life, I had on two hoodies the other day. So, We'll
1: we'll, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I had. Yeah, we'll see. Brutal, Austin. Thanks so much for your time, man. We'll we'll keep up with you at Austin from KC and on MizzouCentral.com. Thank you for having me. Mizz. Yes, Z-O-U. That's exactly right. All right. So that's going to do it for our program today. We're going to wrap it up with Austin right there. And I'm going to get out of here going to Coleman Coliseum. So I'm excited about that. I didn't mean to wear the yellow and black for Missouri. Uh, maybe it was a subconscious choice when I looked into a, when I looked into the closet today. I appreciate everybody follow us on the Twitter machine on all the social medias at Joe 6 You can find us right there on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, wherever you like, social media at Joe Gaither6. Make sure you follow my friend Austin. You follow him at Austin from KC on the X machine. Mizzou Central, they're getting up and rolling. They, they, got, they got rolling this past fall. They're going to keep it going in the spring and bring you all kinds of great Tigers coverage uh, right there up in Columbia. We're excited about being partnered with MizzouCentral.com and CalBellCorner.com as well here at BamaCentral.com. So that, like I said, that'll do it for our show today. We're going to head out to Coleman Coliseum. We will cover Alabama and Missouri. We're going to keep up. With all the Alabama coaching rumors. who's the defensive coordinator? Kane Womack coming into town. Sounds like you got Jeff Allen back on board and David Ballou as well. So it's going to be a great day following all kinds of Alabama coverage right here at BamaCentral.com. You can follow us at Joe Gaither Show on BamaCentral.com, uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. Send it to a friend. Subscribe, rate, and review the program right there. We appreciate everybody watching us. That's going to do it for another episode of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central and BamaCentral.com.
0: Thanks for joining us on today's edition of the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. Keep up with Joe on all his social media pages at JoeGaither6. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and be sure to read us daily at BamaCentral.com.